episode nine of the Sport Cap. How are you, pal? It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, mate. Another week off, and then a a late week episode. Thursday yeah, evening, European bludging. Time. We are bludging. <laughs> <laughs> Holidays and colds and sicknesses and family getting in the uh, way such of our life. <laughs> Our professional <laughs> podcasting careers. Exactly. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, how it is and how it is. That is life. Um, first things first, man, like every other week, uh, don't care how you feel, just care about what hat you're wearing, mate. What do you got on? I almost had the ultimate sin. I have gone away to the ski fields in Sweden and um, didn't take a hat with me. Took my microphone, my headphones, my computer, but no hat. And it's been sunny from 4 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night, 18 to 25 degrees. I didn't have a hat. But today... It was your pale skin, mate. You'd be burning up. Oh, it's been terrible. Both directions. Terrible. <laughs> but um, today my partner bought our daughter a hat. Um, Stur Hugna the ski mm-hmm. place we're at mm-hmm. so went and stole that and put it on for the sport cap pod. Right. covers you covers your left nut with the size of your size of your hat i guess well, it's actually a, an adult's hat that there was only one that had in the shop um so we had to buy both it. nuts then yeah yeah <laughs> they're not that big so fit anyway yeah fair enough well are you wearing power um, I've got my San Francisco 49ers hat on. Um, mm, a lot of the news this week or today, especially um, with Debo Samuel uh, looking for a trade request. So uh, I'm a little bit depressed, really, um, reading up on the news. It, it doesn't, doesn't sound good. Um, it's been under a lot of pressure the last sort of couple of weeks of what's going on with his contract. A couple of other players have signed big contracts in the off-season and Debo, obviously, they're the MVP of the 49ers. I don't know where they would have been without him. He got a, got us out of trouble a lot last year and now he wants out, um, it seems like, if you can believe the news. Um, yeah, apparently doesn't like to be, he was used as a utility wide receiver and running back and it, it seems like he wants to focus more on being a wide receiver and doesn't want to be taking as many hits as he's been taking, doing as much blocking as he needs to do. Um, so yeah, he's looking for a, a way out, unfortunately. So I'm a bit scared they're going to let him go and sign Colin Kaepernick again. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know. So, I've got my hat on in support. Hope that it's all just a little bit of media mumbo jumbo, and all of a sudden he's going to sign a five year deal worth, I don't know, more than we can ever dream about in, in US dollars. So, you reckon he's saying it just to push the price up a little bit? Uh, I don't know. You can definitely work your contract like that, but uh, like I've been reading from some, I don't know, more what do you say, not qualified journalists, but maybe journalists that you might trust a little bit more and it seems like it, it it's not that. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully it is. It's Just ca- pay him. 
Is Kalen Ponga's dad his manager? Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. It seemed to work for Ponga. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it goes the same way for Debo Samuel. Um, yeah, so, but otherwise, I don't know, in any other news besides footy, the, uh, M, uh, it was tough. The NBA playoffs started. It's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, mate. Bloody clip, clippers. Bombed. Uh, Paul George, health and safety protocols in their playing game. Mm. Um, but, you know, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. They should have put Minnesota to bed. And, you know, they're a bit of a dark horse. Took um, Memphis in the first game. And got their asses mm-hmm. handed to them in game two, but no, it's going to be it's a pretty exciting um, final series thus far. I was just actually watching a replay this morning uh, early today of the Nets and Celtics, which is a pretty good matchup. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, there's some there is some great matchups. Um, it's nice, and there seems to be like I don't know. I was, I've just been scanning through the mostly through social media and I don't know, it feels like there's a lot of feeling. It's a, there's a lot of intensity already in the first round of the playoffs. So I think it's going to be usually amplifies more and more as the, as the weeks go on into the, and you get closer to the, to the final. So I think it's going to be a cracker. Most definitely. Um, yeah, but we're looking forward now to uh, what we usually talk about, I guess, um, working, <laughs> working on our betting. Um, we jumped in early, earlier today on the, on the Thursday game with the Sharks and Manly. And I don't know, we took probably the most daring bet that we've taken this year and picked the picked the margin between six and 10 for the Sharks to win. Um, and it was looking awful after the first half um, with the well, 34 nil, I think it was, um, after the first half. And then uh, Manly come back and, and then a late penalty in the 78th minute took our six to one bet away from us. Ain't shocking, heartbreaking. Mate. I, I was. I said during the message, um, almost threw my kid across the table because <laughs> not only did I have the six to ten, I had put a personal bet on Cronulla to win by exactly ten points, and just a small amount, uh, symbolic. But you know, I never take those bets because I'm a more of a kind of. I want to have a bit of wiggle room and. <laughs> you know the minutes are counting down. I'm watching it, and then that penalty ah oh, killed me. But um, mm. hey, that's betting, isn't it? That's right. Always getting people to post betting yeah. just crushes your life. How did we go last? Like all exciting at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just looking at last week's hang your hats, we I think we went one of three. Um, yeah. We had any team to win by 1 to 12 on the Raiders and Cowboys. That hit. Yeah. The Rabbitohs, the Bulldogs ended up blowing out. And obviously, Melbourne put the number on the Sharks. Um, yeah, so we had a tough week because the week before, which we obviously didn't get to do um, our wrap on, we hit three from four. Um, so we. It, Pumped up our percentage quite quite a lot, and then um, and then we got yeah crushed a little bit last week. So 
Our um, total percentage now has dropped, I think, to 57% um, on our hang your hats. But um, we'll see this week. Um, a little bit later in the show, we'll obviously go through our through our predictions for, for this week. Uh, we've gone a little bit um, more conservative, maybe, um, and haven't thrown down so many bets. But um, also a little bit later in the show, we'll chat about yeah what we've put on. We've we hang our hat on the stuff we think's definitely going to come in, and then uh, we've we've dabbled a little bit in quite a quite a lot. Um, obviously. Um, putting a lot of focus on the models now and with with the models we obviously have we've talked about it a lot where we involve the 20 big focus on last year's results and then also blended with this year's results and then even a model that just focuses on um, pulling data from just the results of 2022 um, and it feels like it's moving over now um, or we're getting a little bit closer to margins and and results and total scores just focusing on the 22 model now what how how's that come about or what are you what are your thoughts on that how Rhino? mate i think um you know it's we said it a, a few weeks back that it'll be around you know round five round six where we start to get some really good uh data enough to to concentrate the models down a little bit more and you know all teams have played a good team they've played a bad team and and it's starting to kind of even out um and that's where we see these 2022 models starting to take a bit of shape uh because the if you look compared to the ones that are spread over 2021 and 2022 the the six games that have been played this year are only a fraction of the total amount of games played last year. So the movement isn't that large in in any direction for the teams that have maybe done a lot better or a lot worse this year than last year. So there's still still quite a big large bias on last year's results in those type of models. Um, like what are you saying that obviously when we're comparing and trying to work out obviously which which model we're we're favoring it really depends now on on which teams we're talking about if we say like an example say the sharks we no one ever thought that the sharks were going to be obviously in the position that they're in right now um where they're obviously doing a lot better does that mean we need to be focusing just on this year's results or are you still bringing in results from last year? I think they're still both important, but it, that's a prime example. Like the the 2021-22 models, uh, we're all saying that Manly were going to win today, you know, by anywhere between five and eight points. Mm. Um, whereas the 2022 models, we're all saying Cronulla to win by 10 points. And that's yeah the the biggest probably difference in in the ones that we have this week the matchups this week because Cronulla have made a very big turnaround from their results last year and in to some extent Manly have also maybe taken a step back compared mm. to uh, the results on the year last year so yeah definitely taking a look at 
who who the teams are when when comparing or choosing which model to use, but also kind of maybe looking at where's the middle, um, and then yeah, looking okay, is there any injuries? Are there players that have come back or are not there compared to the majority of the games involved in the model? Hmm. Um, but it's it's the fun part, I think. Like you know, we've spoken about it quite a lot. Um, you know where where is the line? Um, when can we start looking more at twenty twenty two and a little bit less at twenty one? And and mm. I I pulled out some info about the margins um, on uh, on the models here, and I'll certainly have a look there. Uh, so from last weekend, the predicted and the actual margins, the 2021-22 model had an average difference uh, of 6.6 points of um, of the margin. So with every margin that we calculate and then you average them all out, there's a difference of about six points, which is not bad um, mm. considering, you know, if you if you look at, bet 365 and you average out the margins they pick out and then the actual margins would probably be around quite similar numbers. Um, mm. But the 2022 model was down to five and a half. And then if you look a bit further and you took away the Tigers game, which had a predicted um, uh, difference of 16 to 18 points, we're getting uh, that five 5.25 for the the combined 21-22 model, then down to 3.7 points from the 2022 model, which is astounding, like it's within a try and yeah. um, for all those margins. And, yeah, it's, it's very, very accurate. And obviously this, there's a lot of things that play in and the way the games result, which you you can't ever really predict, but on an average is where you want to try and, you know, get close. And that's what we seem to be doing. Yeah, I guess we're going to find out this week because it's like what we're saying, we, we share our hang your, ha- hang your hat uh, bets and, you know, a few other bets here and there when we're chatting on the pod. But we've this week we've had a look at the what, 1 to 12 and 13 plus, uh, purely focusing on that margin. Um, that we're giving that that we've got, so we can see either either team's going to come in within yeah the one to twelve or or thirteen plus, and then we've bet individually on each game, um, and then also put it in a multi, of course, uh, just in case it gets off. And what we're we're one from one sitting right on the fence at one to twelve for the Sharks to to win. Yep. <laughs> um, now so it's it's a good start but obviously if you think what our models were giving us i think what 9.8 or or something in that game for 2022 right and and it landed on 12 so with a shit um, penalty right at the end so like right at the we're end, right on we that could have been between 0.2 really hmm. um so it's a pretty solid start um so yeah but we'll see at the end of the week if our if our little account goes Go, goes up and goes through the roof or, or if we're broken, we're already chipping in extra cash at, <laughs> in, 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 after round seven. <laughs> no, we're doing pretty well. Like on um, last episode, which was obviously two rounds ago, we, 
we chatted a little bit about the um the money side of things you know how we're we going and we're not we're not doing bad i mean if we look around at some um some of our peers doing similar stuff uh you know it's it's not a not an it hasn't been the easy start to the season um we're currently uh just over minus two units uh, for the year, and that's all of our bets. That's even including we put a bet on every week, uh, an eight eight leg multi for um for oh the w- winner of each game, um mm. like a tip tipping um, and we we've also done quite a few bets outside of our hang your hats. So to be only two units down on on all those wages, I think is pretty good and. And I think we're still, um, still plus on our hang your hat bets. Um, so yeah. I'm happy. I think we're doing well. Yeah, good. I'm glad that you're happy. But it does feel like, like we said, it, um, everything's starting to fall into a little bit of place and we're even noticing, obviously, with our tipping. I think we mentioned it a few weeks ago as well. But now we've like rolled in. We're getting six from eight. Um, seems to be the the standard um so that's good obviously you want to be pitching seven from eight and maybe nail one of these eight from eights and um a couple of times by by the end of the year um but yeah hard to pick those 50 50 sometimes and then you get these crazy games like the tigers and and para which who how can you predict that so i'm just looking we're we're just under one unit plus on our hang your hats um, with oh, probably uh, fifteen unit for fifteen and a half or sixteen units wagered. So mm. not yeah, bad. Not bad. It's not bad. It's what were we? We're nine from sixteen, sitting at fifty six percent on hang your hat. Yeah. So doing all right. It's going to be what, 11 from 18 after this week. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we may as well roll straight into, um, while we've been talking about it, into our hang your hats for this week. Um, we'll get them straight out of the way. We're looking at the Knights versus Eels game. Um, we've got a total points of 39 and a half there. Um, both of us agreed when we were chatting about it a little bit earlier that we think that that's going to go over. Um, a couple of sort of key factors um, just straight off the top is looking at points for um, you've got the Eels sitting in third place behind Panthers and the Storm at 170 points and they're scoring at 28 points per game um, and then they're also sitting at 10th in points uh, against per game um, with averaging 20 points against so they're, they're leaking but they're scoring um, and then same with the Knights also leaking about 20 points a game. So we see that yeah, they've obviously picked the, the total um, at 39.5 pretty much uh, on that if you think both teams are averaging about 20, yeah, 20 and 19. So you're getting at 39 points right there. Um, but what are your thoughts on that, Rhino? Yeah, mate. Uh, as As we spoke about, it's going to be an interesting game and 
I was doing some more research about on this just before we jumped on and it's actually funny to see that um, only two of the last seven games have gone over 39 for this matchup. And, mm-hmm. and um, the Knights have only had one of their six games this year go over 39 points total. So <laughs> I'm a bit put me put me back in my seat a little bit, but I still I'm still pretty mm-hmm. confident. Uh, the Eels are worst in the league in allowing line breaks and tackle busts, so they allow six point eight line breaks a game, um, mm-hmm. and that's almost double the average. The league average is three point eight, so they're definitely allowing teams through. Uh, they're allowing thirty four point uh, three tackle busts per game. The league average is 28. So they're not doing great in defense. They're still managing to hold out teams. As you said, they are 10th, which is in the upper part of the, uh, the league. But, and they're also holding teams out of their 20. But the opposition is still finding ways to put points on the board against them. If you just remember back to the Titans games, mm. um, you know, the Eels, when they leak points, they leak them pretty good um so i i can see the knights getting a few on the board here and and the eels probably still win and maybe by a margin but i don't see it being a you know 12 4 total here no no i don't see it either like obviously knights are gonna get a bit of confidence hopefully with the the signing of ponga for five years for five mil um and staying there so maybe that settles them down a little bit but um they haven't really done a lot like we were talking a a lot about them and after the first couple of weeks um when they won two games but since then they haven't yeah well they haven't impressed at all really um they haven't done a lot ponga has been quiet um but yeah but we'll like we'll see i i think it's a a really interesting matchup um coming in because you've obviously got Waka Blake that's that's gone out now so the the eels are trialing a little bit um this week with uh, what's his name Penham I think he's actually even on on all the NRL sites he's ultimately a halfback that they've put out on the wing to work with Pensini so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there um, and then you've also got, uh, with Young being out, you've got Edric, Edric Lee that's come in. So you've got Lee versus Simonson um, on, the, on, on the wing this week. So two old Raiders uh, wingers going head-to-head. Um, so it's going to be, a, I think, an interesting matchup out there. And with Pensini coming in, I was quite surprised when I was looking up some stats that, that he hasn't scored a try yet. Um, but I think this week could be definitely a week where where he goes off, where you've got um, Edric Lee and Bradman Best. Um, no, Bradman Best and Tuala uh, working together. Um, but they've also haven't been defending very very well there on the on the edge. Um, so I think the I think the Eels can really uh, open them up on 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 the outsides, and obviously with Ponga. Finding a bit of form last week um, could be really dangerous, and they could put some points on on the eels. And then I don't know for us. Hopefully the eels do what they do and and score plenty of points um, as well. So 
So ideally I for us, this game, we want the Eels to win, but not by more than 12 points because then it helps our, <laughs> our hanging out, it helps our tips, it helps our um, 1 to 12, and it helps our Knights having the most losses in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Critical game, this one. Yeah. <laughs> See, that bit was looking shaky after the first two rounds, but now... You know, Tigers got to win. Just never know. They might get up on the bunnies this week, and all of a sudden you got yeah, you've what got the, the Bulldogs as well. Obviously, scraping the bottom of the barrel there, um, and need to get a win. But man, it's you just never know. It wasn't a bad bet. Wasn't a bad bet at all. Um, and then we've got our our second game, our second hang your hat. Um, where we're also taking the over with the Panthers versus Raiders. Um, you've dived into it a, a little bit, Ryan. What are what are your stats and facts on on that? So we have um, the Panthers have won four of the last five at home against the Raiders, and the lowest total of any matchup with these two teams since 2017 is 40 points. Um, mm. And if you think you know that that was, uh, I think last year. That's huge. Yeah, they always very high-scoring games. So mm. uh, the first game, I only played once last year and only once in 2020. Both those games were 40 points. Otherwise, we've got 48, 71, 44, 48, 45. So oh, nice. these teams like to score points. Um, you also noted to me when we spoke that Panthers are a little inclined to let in a couple of tries even though they still win by margins they they let in a couple of tries and we only need them really to let in two or three to and then panthers to get the rest up to 40 or 41 Uh, so yeah 20 wins in a row at home for the panthers at this stage and um yeah we were obviously when we've been talking about our one to 12 or 13 plus we want this game to go 13 plus um and i think when i dived into the stats quite a bit on this one and it's it looks pretty lopsided like i feel pretty confident if i'm confident about anything this week i think it's definitely this game going going 13 plus um hopefully we go over the 40 and a half um but it just seems really really lopsided um, obviously, you've got the Panthers going with uh, the best, most c- clinical offense um, with 184 points scored. And the Raiders have, a, have the third worst uh, points against in the league with 140. Um, but then the stats just sort of roll more and more and more into the Panthers' favor. Um, we've been talking a little bit this week even about the completion rate um, when we've been chatting, um, which we can dive into a little bit after after this, but you've got a completion rate of 82% for the Panthers and then the Raiders have the worst completion rate in the, in the league at 69%. Um, and how important that is, we can chat about a little bit later, but for me, the important thing is if if you're going against the Panthers with 69% completion, I think you're in a you're in a bit of trouble because you're not going to have a lot of the ball. Uh, you're going to give them too much, too many chances, and they they put you away. Um, they also like to 
seen how much they've dominated possession and and territory. Um, so that's a little bit scary for the Raiders as well. Um, and run meters, you've got league leaders that are averaging 1,847 run meters a game to the Raiders sitting last in the league as well with 1,425 metres um, average. So we've touched on that a little bit as well in, in earlier episodes where how much we think run metres is important. And I think it's just a, a real territorial um, battle. And I think that that's where the Raiders are, are going to struggle because um, you've got your the, the Panthers like to score tries when they've, they think they've scored. I worked out here a little bit earlier. Uh, since round three, the Panthers have scored 24 tries with 20 of them starting inside their attacking 20. Um, so if they're pushing their team down um, and, and getting, getting tackles inside the opposition 20, they're scoring, they're scoring tries. Um, where you've also got the Raiders, um, 11, 11 tries of 16 have been from inside the 20 as well against them. So when they're letting teams in, they're also letting them through and putting, letting in some, letting in tries. So I think with the weight of possession and the weight of territory and then with a, a soft goal line offence against the clinical goal line offence, um, I think we're going to see some uh, a pretty big scoreline here, and the Raiders as well. They're below average in opposition tackled inside twenty, so they're they're allowing or they're tackling their opposition twenty eight and a half times a game in their twenty meter zone, which is just a smidge above average for the league. Mm. So Panthers will get into that twenty, and they'll be scoring tries. I'm a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I've never really rated Ricky Stewart as a coach, even when he mm. was at the Roosters. Uh, I thought he he got lucky to win that premiership, but I'm just you know I'm a bit astounded about his selection choices. He's got you know, Xavier Savage obviously had a <laughs> baptism of fire when he came off the bench the other the other week and dropped the ball or went into touch and then hurt his injured his shoulder. Um. But now you've got Nico Klockstad uh, on the bench at number 14, uh, Jordan mm. Rappiner at the back, number one, and then Savage back onto the wing. Like, I don't understand the reasoning. Obviously, where they've named and what jersey they're wearing may not r- relate on the field to what their, their job is. But if I'm the coach of this team and, you know, we're only – we've got – two wins out of six and we're 12th on the ladder. Um, are you not putting Savage into fullback or into a place where he can get his hands on the ball? Um, it's not the time to be safe and put Rappiner at the back or even just keep Nickel Klockstad there and put Savage in the centres and give him a bit of a license to roam. I, I don't understand. Yeah, it feels like he's just playing it safe and I think he did that even from the start of the season when everyone was a little bit shocked that he didn't get named to play at the start of the year after having such a good preseason. Uh, it just seems like really that he's uh, trying to do the right thing and 
protect Savage in some way, but at the same time, if you you're also not giving him confidence, um, obviously young players they need confidence, and you should just be all right. This is your job. This is what you're good at. Put him at the back and and give him a run. It, 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 I don't know. It just seems very too careful. We had a you touched a little bit on some stats. Now um, yeah. I've done uh, a lot of reading on Twitter <laughs> the last <laughs> few months. Sounds very, very, very scientific. On the, there, the Twitter. Um, on the tweet. Uh, but it was, we, when we started this journey with the stats and the betting and the data, we, we looked first at 2021 yearly stats and we said, okay, what, what pops out to us? And the biggest thing was when we said, okay, what do we think is important? And then uh, is it actually important? And one of the main things that come up was completion rates and errors. Um, mm. According to the 2021 yearly stats, they're not important for long-term success. So just incompletion rates. So we, the top three teams in completion rate, the Bulldogs, the Sharks, and the Panthers. So the Bulldogs mm. finished last, the Sharks were eighth, and the Panthers finished ended up finishing fourth on the table. Mm. Um, and they all finished at 80%. The bottom three, the Dragons finished 11th, the Sea Eagles were third, and the Roosters fifth. Now, to me, that says, okay, it's not, it's, it could be important, but it's not one of the most important statistics. When you look at, for example, run meters, where the um you know the the top three teams were the Panthers, the Rabbitohs and the Storm in mm. in run meters gained. So when I seen the uh a tweet about the Eels and the the Tigers game um from last weekend and and so on so okay well this is why the the Eels lost because their completion rate was so bad. I was about to jump on and say, oh, hold on a minute. The completion rate doesn't matter. It's what you do when you have the ball in your hand. And I thought, oh, I've been burnt. I've burnt myself. I put my foot in my mouth previously on, on Twitter, with, especially with the Eels as well and Dylan Brown, <laughs> which I also want to say the week after, he missed three tackles that led to tries. But You had to get it in sometime. You waited, <laughs> you waited six weeks. I digress. <laughs> um, but looking at completion rate, I went and looked at every single game uh, this year that's been played over this, these six rounds. Um, mm. And it's a, it's a bit different. So 64% of the teams with higher completion rate are winning in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2022. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, 2022. Yeah. Um, which... I don't know, maybe, maybe it does roughly compute to a season average where you have the Bulldogs um, finishing last but having the highest completion rate. I don't know, what do you think? Is 64% a lot? 64% is 64%, but I think it... 
I don't know, with, with completion rate, it's really hard because, like you said, I obviously thought, and, and it's talked about, it's probably one of the most talked about stats um, when you're listening to commentary on the TV. And But for me, I, I was extremely shocked that, yeah, that teams that had the, some of the best completion rates um, were, were bottom teams. Um, but then obviously if you think about it, okay, it, 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 everything has to come into the context of the game and, um, I don't know, I like, I, I, I'm really, really torn with the, how, how important that, how important it is, because I think for me, 64% is, is, is quite a high majority. You're still pushing, obviously. Um, to the upper side, but it, it for me it doesn't seem like it does. It, it it's playing much of a role at all um, when you are looking at games, and a lot of the time it can be pretty close. You can have the context of a game um, where two teams, yeah, they might they might win the completion rate, but they're sitting at it, both teams are sitting at a completion rate of of eighty percent. Or obviously, if there's a big difference in a game where you've got a Say like I'm not exactly sure what the what the odd what the rate was in the Tigers Eels game, but obviously if you have a team that's completing at sixty percent and another team completing at ninety percent, I think just the weight of possession and field position is really going to have an effect there, and you can start looking into other stats off off the completion rate, like tackles inside twenty or um or uh, yeah field position um but i don't know just like raw completion rate doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to really play a role so it was um 78% to 70% the eels tigers game but conversely if you look at the uh the storm and sharks game this, the Sharks completed at 84% and the Storm at only 76 and the Storm mm. won the game. Yeah, that's right. Because it's like what you do with the ball and where you're dropping and also how you're defending. You can't say, okay, if, you, if, if you're giving the t- other team opportunities by dropping the ball, but you could also be having more, more ball. Um, in in actual ground numbers, I feel like to give you an example. I'm obviously not putting forward what I'm what I'm trying to say. It's like you could maybe maybe how many how many sets of six are you getting? You know, you can be getting fifty sets of six and completing at seventy percent. Which I don't know. Do some quick math on that. Yeah, but and going against a team that's only getting. 30 sets and completing at 80%. Obviously, it's the amount of sets that are important, I think, not just your com- not just the actual percentage of completions. Yeah, and that's that kind of got me thinking as well, and that's my project for the coming week is to figure out mm. how many sets are teams having and do, do some teams have more sets on a regular basis? Do they have less sets? Just seeing in in round six, the lowest amount of sets were from the Knights. They only had the ball thirty times and completed twenty two of those. Mm. Whereas the 
Rabbitohs had f- the ball 47 times and completed 36. So the Rabbitohs completed obviously a different game, but 36. Is, they completed six more sets than the Knights even had the ball in their game. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's where it really, where it really plays a, a key role. And it's not the percentage, but it's the, it's the amount of sets. Um, but yeah, you can dive into that and see if it has any relation to, to the score and we see some sort of trend there maybe of how many sets a team is getting to, to if they're winning the game. Yes. And the other one I was uh, interested when I seen it, and that's the home ground advantage. So in 20, uh, 2021 and twenty two combined, the home ground advantage is 1.68 points. In, in points. Mm. But for 2022 only, it's 4.08 points. So over a try. Mm. How are you working that out? Put that into a um, perspective for me and for the <laughs> and and for the listeners out there. Like when you're saying it's worth one point six eight points or four point. No, four home points. home teams are on average scoring those amount of points more than okay. away teams. So when you when you look at if you factor in, they say, oh that that team generally does better at home they they win mm. more well, okay how much do they win more in the nfl mm. they say that a home ground advantage is worth about three points mm. um in in the nrl uh it has like i said last year it was um a penalty goal and now you're looking at a try yeah pretty much yeah in perspective so it's a pretty big jump, and I don't know. Mm. I would expect it to come down. So that would mean that maybe some more away teams will need to start winning for that average mm. to come back to where it should be. Because I don't see it sitting at like it finishing the year at that number. It's too high. Mm. But twenty one twenty two wasn't there lockdown, or was everybody playing still? At their own home grounds? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's really the home ground. I, don't, I wouldn't say that there is a lot of home ground advantage in the NRL. There's, we don't have the, those amount of crowds to drown out the opposition. But as the home team, you put it that way instead. Hmm. Okay. It's really interesting that it's, that it's doubled, obviously, from... Oh, from last year and this year to just this year. It's something to think about, obviously, when you're looking at some of these closer bets and these closer games. Um, when they're when you're sitting at a yeah a, a, a game where you where you can't decide and you and you're stuck, you obviously have to take into consideration that the home team might um, should score an extra try than they maybe would have if they. If they were playing uh, somewhere else, it's almost like an eight-point turnaround then, really, isn't it? No. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> Only four points. But it's like four points, the one team scoring more for four extra points and then, or not scoring those four points and the other team scoring four points. 
we'd say it's it's two it's a two point per team, so four point turnaround. Point. Okay, all right, all right. No, you can't good, add good, more good points. Good to clear that up. <laughs> just like points, mate. Just got to score more points. Score more points. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Um, speaking about scoring more points, uh, you played safe last week on our rolling thumbs. Rolling um, in the deep. It's playing in the background. Yeah, oh, in, right. in post-production. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you going to take out the, uh, your attempt at being Adele there? Or? No, I'm going to match it perfectly so it oh, matches okay. up. Yeah. Okay, and bring down your voice a little bit so you hit, hit those deep notes like she does. Auto-tune. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, you played safe and what picked the Knights with some ridiculous head start um, that they just sort of scraped in with. Yeah, I, um, and I picked the wrong second rower in the in the Panthers Brisbane game and um, lucked out. Yes, I, I teased the Knights to eight and a half and they um, they lost by six, so that that hit. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, Liam Martin scored the tries and not kick out. Yeah, yeah, it was. And Lanu also came off the bench and went over just to rub more salt into the wounds. Salt into the wound. I was going to say sand into my eyes, but I don't know. Yeah. Salt into the wounds is, is the traditional proverb. Maybe it's if you're a beachcomber like you, it's sand in the eyes. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Old surfy bum. (laughs) But anyway, this week, Ryan, you've seen mine on our little pre-sheet, but I want to know what you're you're going with first. Maybe I'll change my mind. (laughs) I went for Cowboys and Titans. Any team to win by one to twelve. Oh, what's that paying? Uh, not a lot. One sixty-eight. Oh, you went so big with Furmore the first week, and it got me really excited about all these try-scorer bets. <laughs> um, and I went safe and lost. So, but I'm sticking to I'm sticking to what I what I planned. I'm looking at. Um, Manu this week um, in the Anzac Day game against St. George. Uh, I'm like a Manu, Manu at 240 to score any time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was focusing, having a little bit of a look at the Stats Insider and, and he puts up some good statistics about where teams are scoring tries and where they're conceding tries. Um, and he said, yeah, that the Dragons leak tries on, yeah, well, what, it's their left side um, at 44%. So I'm liking Manu to uh, go over there. Well, mate, if that Hopefully. hits, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll almost be on the similar, similar cash. So with my, my win... Of uh, uh, oh, the unit I had on the Newcastle bet of yeah, well, you one, you got up forty three, so you got up a half a unit. Yeah, so I should be winning, shouldn't I? Uh, I'm up by three krona. 
Okay. So, but it puts it back on evil even footing for next yeah. week if um I'll, if you can hit it. Yeah. I wonder if that's how how we're gonna have to play. Say lose this one, and then I'm gonna have to stack on for three to ones and four to ones, or just hope that you lose eventually. Catch ups. Yeah. 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 It's I don't know. This is interesting. I like this. It's um, a good concept, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great concept because you got to get safer and safer and safer as your kitty builds up, I guess, and then. And you just never know. You could be so safe that you bet on the eels to beat the West Tigers and, and lose anyway. Yeah. Chances yeah. are there to be taken or to be ruined. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sharks by 10. Yeah, that's right. Sharks by 10. In my, I also have a, like an ESPN tipping. I picked the margin. I don't know why. I picked the margin at 12 for that game. Oh, nice. I just noticed. I'm getting my ass kicked in that, in that anyway. I've sort of just been going, like, obviously we do our sports cap tips and I just put them in, obviously, against the models. And then I do mine, I don't know, more just to say oh, who you think could win or who you want to win or um, without any really thought behind it, more off feeling. And, man, it's rubbish. I guess that's how I've always tipped all my life and that's why I've never won a tipping comp. <laughs> <laughs> like I think oh, we went six from eight last week. I think I got three from three from eight. I don't know what I don't know what's going on. I think we've gone six from eight two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah, it's been we've been doing all right, but it's been like a lot of the favourites now. It's been a little bit easier, I think, to to tip as well, um, not to give us too much of a big head. I think a lot of the yeah, obviously, like you said, the cream is already rising to the top so i think it's easier to to see which teams are good and which teams are not so good and um, it's just getting on these these games that are in the middle and getting on the right side of those um speaking of getting on the right side i've had a, a bit of a sneak peek into next week's uh numbers and i've got mm. three games that i've a little bit surprised about the um the handicaps the the Cowboys uh, have a th- plus thirteen and a half against the Eels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Titans plus sixteen and a half against the Panthers, and the Knights sixteen and a half against the Storm. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, like uh, the Knights and Eels, cons- depending on how that game goes, both of these lines will probably shift. Yeah. Um, I would expect maybe the Eels, the North Queensland number to reduce a little bit, especially mm. if North Queensland can put on a bit of a show. And, yeah. and I don't know if the Knights lose and that'll probably push out. But I don't know. Like I think they're, they're pretty big margins to start, start a, you know, 10 days in advance. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I haven't looked at them. This is the first time I've seen them. I think the my first reactions, like the North Queensland Eels, obviously North Queensland started the year really well and have quite good defence. So, and obviously with the Eels losing last week, you can see that they can have an off week. So that's pretty big to go over two tries. There is is pretty huge. Can almost understand the Titans Panthers, but. Um, 
yeah, but that could also go either way. Like we said, the Panthers can leak points. Um, the Titans can also score points, so it could be a lot closer um, there. And then, yeah, Night Storm. I don't know. You saw what the Storm did to did to the Sharks. Um, so that can obviously push out. But I don't know. They're big. They're big. It's ob- the, the margins are getting much bigger now and, and much harder to, to pick, I think. Um, now the bookies are... are, are getting it pretty close i think it's funny i had a look at the um on ozsportstipping.com they have a, a nice page about uh line betting and covering spreads and, um but if you <laughs> look at the betting value so if you if you wagered say a dollar on each team in each game uh, for the season, there's only five teams that have been profitable uh, across all fixtures. Mm-hmm. Against the spread. Yeah. And that's the Panthers, Sharks, Cowboys, Warriors, and Rabbitohs. Uh, and only the Panthers, we've made significant money, you know, almost three and a half times your money, whereas... The Sharks, Cowboys, Warriors, Rabbitohs, you haven't even doubled your money. Shit. And everyone else you've lost. So, um, yeah. Interesting. And, that, and considering the Cowboys are one of those teams that have covered, uh, have covered four and not covered two, I actually just put on, while we've been talking, I put on a half a unit on the the Cowboys 13 and a half next week against the Eels. Mm. I think mm-hmm. that's a pretty pretty nice number to cover. It's breaking through two converted tries. So 13 and a half is a really yeah. good number. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. If there's one of those three, that's definitely the one to go for. It's interesting. It's interesting to, do, to yeah. Do a cheeky look at next week. There's so many it. things to look at and always to yeah. have have your eye on. Like it's just yeah. we need to start winning cash so you can just do this full time. Yeah. If people can start sponsoring us, sending us yeah. their money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then we don't have to bet at all. <laughs> <laughs> or bet with other people's money and always much more fun. Yeah. You don't have to feel guilty about losing your own money. Yeah, or your house. Yeah, or your car, or your girlfriend pod- podcast children. studio. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, mate. Well, the night is going on. I think we should call it right there. Uh, it's been a good show. There's been a, a lot of info, a lot of new stuff. Um, excited about this week. I'm glad we were able to push in a, a late Thursday night show. Um, but we'll make sure we get back on track. Or before I say anything, better check my schedule. Make sure we can get on for Tuesday next week. <laughs> I'll just chuck a sickie anyway. You have to sort that scheduling business yeah, out. No, it's rubbish. I've got to get my priorities right. Thanks tonight, pal. Yeah, thank you. Enjoy the footy one, over mate. the weekend. 
Yeah, everybody, don't forget to follow us on on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Let us know what you what you're thinking and how you're going. What hat you're wearing? All right, have a and yeah, yeah. What hat you're wearing? That's how we should finish every show. Let us know what hat you're wearing on social media. Like right, the good old night. Uh, say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> yeah, Rob McManus. <laughs> yeah, let us know what hat she's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peace out, everyone. See ya. Bye-bye.